We're going to jump into a sermon today entitled Planted, starting in Psalm chapter 92 and with verses 12 through 15. Verse 12 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. <laughs> it was really quiet other than Ken. <laughs> oh yeah, we, I didn't mention it has no relevance to what I just read, but we do have the 50s and older gathering tonight. <laughs> at my house. I, I'm right there, you know, I'm right, I mean, I am knocking on the door. I am not far away. I'm about 20 at heart. Let me read that one again. Maybe we'll have one or two more. They shall bear fruit in old age. <clears throat> All right, I'll get a few others. Proud, you got to be proud, old and proud. They are ever full of sap, and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, speak to your people today from your scriptures. Holy Spirit, magnify Jesus in this house. May you be honored in this place, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. <clears throat> I want to speak to you on the importance and just the overall truth of being a planted individual. Though each one of us start as, as maybe it's a little acorn or as Pastor Anna Donahue sh showed us some weeks back. We had her little seeds and tomatoes. And, but each one of us start as this seed that the Lord plants. With the goal being that if we were to look at as an oak tree or maybe as a cedar in Lebanon, which we'll look at for a minute, but whatever the example might be, but the goal would be that we become old, gnarly plantings of the Lord. I'm talking gnarly branches going every direction, thick and strong. We can start off by talking about that each one of us, every man, woman, boy and girl, it tells us here in Psalms 92, and we can also see in Isaiah in chapter 60 and verse 21 that we are the planting of the Lord. And it says there in a powerful verse in Isaiah, again, chapter 60 and verse 21, it says, Then will all your people be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. 
They are the shoot I have planted and the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. The Lord comes in. It's a very intimate scripture. How the Lord comes in with his own hands. He takes and ever so precisely begins to plant each one of us. Now, for those who have been able to come to one of the, the gatherings at, at my home yet, and if you haven't, we're, we're after this gathering, we're going to start the whole routine over again, and this is just a regular part of what we'll be doing moving forward. But the next time you come, and you, when you turn on Garen Drive, there was, so I'm told, old man Garen. In Garen Drive, which is the long road which you turn into off of 1088 to drive down to the end to where our house is, is full of oak trees. And when finally you get down to the end to the property, the one piece of property that had not yet been developed on that whole, what was an airstrip and was old man Garen's, his, his personal, his personal, what's, what am I missing? Um, Come on, tell me. Runway, thank you. His personal runway, Garen Drive, was a runway. It was actually, they call it airfield for a reason. And on that airfield runway, old man Garen, he had an idea that he wanted his runway to be lined, I suppose, with oak trees. Maybe it wasn't his runway at that time. Maybe it was after they started the development and everything. But if you stand on one side of Garen and if you stand on the other side of Garen all the way at the end, you will look down and you will see oak trees that are almost perfectly lined up. All the way, about whatever, 500 yards, whatever that, the length of that road is. But 500 yards of oak trees that this old man Garen, so some of the Garens that still live around there, if you go ever meet a Garen on my around my house and street, the first thing they're going to start telling you is the story of the oak trees. We've heard it about three or four times now. How old man Garen took that acorn, took a whole, a whole bucket, whole basket of acorns, and, and just with his own hands went and planted that whole Garen drive and came over to what they affectionately call when we found out later the oak grove. If you look on that little piece of property in front of our house, how each one of those oak trees are perfectly lined up. One row, two row, three row of oak trees that have been left there. I assume there used to be more. But here was the care of one man with an acorn that would dig the hole, would obviously shoot the lines, and would take and precisely plant this acorn, which now all these years later, which Somehow I'm thinking it's, it's over 50 years-ish later. These trees that were planted very carefully as acorns have grown into these beautiful sort of gnarly. They're not any of them aren't too huge yet at this point, but they are well mature oaks. Because they were carefully planted and if he took the time to 
carefully plant them as he did. You got to know that he took the time to make sure that they got the water and they got the fertilizer and they got all the nutrients that they needed to be able to grow into these mature oaks. And it's just such a beautiful, simple, yet beautiful picture as to when we start to think of ourselves, if we look at our little acorn that we've got here today, somewhere on there, if we start to just look at our, our somebody get up there and press an acorn button. If we start to look at ourselves as this, these, oh, we got two beautiful, colorful, uh, it's a couple, it's a, it's a couple acorn. It's a beautiful picture, nice close up. Said make sure we got high res pictures. Good job. Oh, there's one. There's one beautiful acorn that comes and falls off of that tree. And the thing is, is that the Lord takes that that acorn. If each one of us were that acorn and or whatever kind of seeds you would like to envision yourself as being, because our life is a seed. Make no mistake about it. As the planting of the Lord, your life is a seed that God personally comes with very careful intentions and comes and begins to plant us. And he does so, so much more carefully than even old man Garen did when he planted all those oak trees along Garen Drive. The second thing we can begin to see, and just leave our acorn up there, we can get a vision of our acorn for right now. But the second thing we begin to see in Psalm 92 and verse 13, it talks about the place where God plants his people. And it says, they are planted in the house of the Lord. I think like one, two, three, three amens. Let me see. And they are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right, we're going to be a talking house before we're done with you. I know we all came out of quiet houses. I did too. Quiet, quiet. No, we're going to be a talking house. They were all planted in the house of the Lord. Yeah. And it says that they flourish in the courts of our God. So a planted person, being a planted person is A, that the Lord very carefully and intentionally comes and plants you. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You don't just fall off and fall wherever you so land, but we believe in the careful planting of the Lord, but not just any place, but that God wants us to be planted in his house. So God comes, and obviously this is a very broad topic, and we're not going to endeavor to get into all the different aspects of being planted into the house of the Lord. Take it at a high level today, and we'll come back to it at another time on a more detailed micro level. But we're planted in the house of God so that the people of God can begin to flourish when they are planted. You see... In order to flourish, and these are all very simple principles. I mean, once this acorn is planted, 
we start to get a, a small tree. I believe we got a little small oak tree somewhere. Oh, we got a little, just a little shoot coming up there. Just so cute. Oh, look at that. Well, we got a whole montage going. That's awesome. Just this, this cute little planting of the Lord that started off as a, as a seed, started off as an acorn, and as it's planted, it begins to come up. See, the thing is, if this, if this acorn, any seed for that matter, if it's not planted, it doesn't begin to shoot up. Amen? It might, you know, I'm, I'm, again, you know, I'm not a farmer, but there's a little bit of germination that can happen prior to it being put in the ground. But for it to start to grow, it's got to be planted in the ground, in the soil, in a cup, in something for it to begin to start growing. And this is where it becomes obvious when a person who is the planting of the Lord and their life is planted, this is when it begins to become plain and clear that a person is growing because they are planted. When the, when the shoot begins to come up, when the, the leaves begin to pop out, even as small and as tender as they are. And let's, let's do remember that those early stages of, of a person that is planting the planting of the Lord in those early stages, people are tender. People are tender. Not everybody is, is rough and tough and gone through beepity beep and back. Right? As the next one. We're tender. I remember one of many of us when we first come into the Lord, we just we just think that all I mean, life is grand and wonderful, and it is because you start to recognize that there's more to eternity than just this life, and, and there's hope, and there's joy. But then sometimes we also mistakenly think that, oh, that just means everything's going to be fixed in a matter of like six months. Some of us are like, man, Lord, I give you three months. Fix it all. Fix all my mess of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. In three months, I give you all of 90 days. And we're tender when, when sometimes it takes, it takes a little bit longer. And it, it happens in, in phases where the Lord begins to grow us and the Lord begins to give us revelation and the Lord begins to heal us and the Lord begins to move in our life. This is like the, this is like the phases of, of a tree that's the planting that begins to grow. And as it remains planted... It keeps getting, I think we got one that's a little taller somewhere in there. Something that's kind of like in between before it's, it's a big old gnarly thing. See if, see if we have that in there. They're looking. I know it's like, where is it? Find it quick. If it's not there, I don't know what's that. <laughs> no, nah, that's not. Nah, that's gnarly. That's, where, that's the goal. Uh, I guess we're going to stick with that. I thought we had one. Well, well that's, that's cute, but we're not there. Man, we're. I was organized this morning, right? It's all me. Just remember, it's always all me for, for any lack of numbering that took place. And it just makes it more real. All right, give me slide number six. Doesn't really happen like that around here. We are planted to be a people 
who display, our primary purpose is to display the glory of God. Any, any shoot, any, any planting that begins to come up, you can't help but to acknowledge the miracle in that growth. None of us can, can force an acorn or force a, a baby like they were talking yesterday, how, how, when our kids start asking, how, how does that happen anyway? None of us can, can force that miracle of, of a seed, whether it be a plant or whether it be a child within our womb. It's all, you can't help but acknowledge the miracle that is found in a seed that begins to grow into something. And it's all, make no mistake about it, it's all for the glory of of God's splendor, for His awesomeness. It's like what the Bible tells us in Psalms 92.12. It says, they grow like the cedars in Lebanon. And, and I wanted to sort of, why is Psalms 92 likening a planting of the Lord, a tree of the Lord, like a cedar in Lebanon? And you begin to go and look at a little bit about these cedars in Lebanon, and they're really these, these magnificent trees. Of course, trees altogether are magnificent. I mean, what trees accomplish on our earth, on God's earth, is magnificent. But in Psalms, and at certain places, it talks about where oaks of righteousness, and in Psalms, it talks about the, the cedars in Lebanon, and these are really fabulous trees in Lebanon because the ancient cedars of Lebanon have really outlived empires and survived so many modern wars. I mean, like many trees, but the trees in the cedars of Lebanon are these trees that can, that some of the oldest ones are thousand plus years old. Now, of course, there are trees around that, that, are, that are older, but the cedar in Lebanon lives to, outlives people, outlives generations, outlives and survives the rise and the fall of empires. But there's something else that's really unique about the cedars of Lebanon. And here's what it says about them. It says that they spreading their uniquely horizontal branches like outstretched arms and arms and sending their roots deep into the craggy limestone. Let's put it in plain words here, that they commonly grow upon rocks. The cedars of Lebanon live for thousand years. They grow to be huge, and they are, they are growing upon craggy rocks. Does it sound like any of us as a tree that's supposed to be growing, growing upon a rock? Thank you, Pastor Dan. He's going to teach that. Their roots have figured out how upon these rocks, their roots have figured out how to, how to get down into the rock as to stabilize themselves and as to find the nutrients and find the springs that are, that are in and under these porous rock. 
And these trees have learned how to drink from the rock. You want to know what's special about the cedars of Lebanon? We can, we can break it on down into a nutshell. They've learned to drink upon the rock. And so they survive wars. They survive generations. They survive calamity. They survive all sorts of devastation in our lives because they have learned how to send their roots down and drink from the rock. You see, as being the planting of the Lord, we are chosen to be fruit bearers. We know that fruit comes from trees. Obviously, it can come from other places, but we're focusing here. And in John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And we'll pause there. If anybody in the house, you have mistaken and fooled yourself to think that you have somehow brought yourself in, you have somehow saved yourself by way of, well, I decided to just come in and know the Lord has said, you haven't chosen me. I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Back to Psalm 92, that even in their old age, they're still, everybody say still, full of sap, and they're still green. Even as life goes on, as all the devastation of life. You know, you, you better have your roots going into those craggy rocks and learning how to drink because life is going to keep hitting you and life is going to keep swinging at you. Life is not going to let off. Life is going to happen. There's a place of safety for the people of God. Safety meaning that there's always sustenance for you. As terrifying as it is to start looking out there, and I was with some family the other day and haven't seen for a while, and they're just sharing stories as to where some of the other family are with life. Some decisions that are being made, and I'm just sitting there just sort of scratching my head. And it just reminded me of how scary life can be out there for people without the peace of God, without roots going down deep into the craggy rocks. Life can be really nerve-wracking. But there's a place for the people of God to continue to be fruit bearers. Through every season, of life, my dad has recently planted a fig tree in our backyard. And his instructions, of course, after putting it right in the middle of our backyard where I just took down trees, I mean, like right smack in the middle. He's like, I planted a fig tree, and why don't you go outside and take a look and see if you like where I put it. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I just took down two trees. 
from that exact spot. And then, of course, those two trees were dead and they could have fallen on the house. But I said, can we, can we put it off, you know, maybe a little bit to the side? But why is my dad planting that fig tree? Well, my dad's a sentimental chap, and my papa, maybe like some of your papas, maybe like some of you as papas, my papa would stop any time that he was driving down the highway, and he would see figs on a tree on public land <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> if it was questionable, he still might stop. And he would stop, and he would get those figs, and, and oh, he was a blackberry. He'd want to go get those blackberries as well, and he'd want to bring them figs and blackberries home so that he could, he could make his preserves with them. I learned that he didn't make jam. I said, oh, Papa, can I get some of that jam? Jamie, it's not jam. It's preserves. Aye, aye, Papa. It's preserves. So my dad is being this, he's had a shoot from one of my papa's fig trees over the years, and he just kind of cuts these little shoots, and he sort of grows them and keeps wanting to grow these fig trees. And but he wants to grow this tree as a sort of, sort of legacy, sort of, you know, a living on, if you would, of my papa and his life and and just what it meant. I mean, of course, he wants it to have figs to grow from it. But there's purpose and there's meaning and there's sentimental purpose to the Lord that we, there's value to God that he plants each one of us and that we be a people who bear fruit for his glory. Not just be a planting of the Lord and just barely being a planting that survives. Not having roots that go down deep. I guess we could put that, that tree up with that root system for whatever reason that, yeah, let's, well, no, I was actually thinking about the one that, fall, that ugly one that was falling over. Oh, we got all sorts of ones there. That's like, I don't know if that's Hurricane Ida or... Uh, Hurricane Katrina. I mean, we should have just like went and pulled pictures from from back in those days. I could have went and took just took some pictures from all of our lawns. Have no idea what kind of tree that is, but look at those look at those wimpy little root system. I mean, just that 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 wimpy little root system there that that has that tree fallen down maybe at the slightest breeze that has come against it versus obviously this other tree that they're really anxious for me to get to with the the um let's go back to that one with that really serious gnarly root system that sort of depiction that drawn one well that's he's like which one do you want oh there we go i like that one look at that look at that gnarly root system there i mean that 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 root system and again, I can't speak intelligently of all of all the, the details of the root system other than saying that that we as the planting of the Lord in order to be fruitful, in order to be bountiful in a, the fruit that we bear, we have to be a people that have a, a root system 
that is going down deep, that is spreading out wide, that is in the ground securing us. It's securing us from the winds that are going to blow and the hurricanes that are going to come. Ida is obviously not our last, right? We know this. And whatever the last hurricane that came and blew through your life is also likely not the last that's going to blow. But with a root system that goes down deep into the ground, it's when the the word of God begins to tell us again in 92.14, they still bear fruit in old age, which means that A, you didn't get blown over at some point and your roots all get uprooted and, and B, that your root system is still completely intact, it's strong, it's deep, it's wide, it's getting the nutrients that it needs to be able to push those fruit out of your branches. Old age, young age, we may start off as a tender shoot, but if we stay planted in the house of the Lord, that tender shoot quickly grows. In Psalms 1-3, it says that he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. So in old age, we're still, we have sap, still bearing, still green. And here, it says that even when it's out of season, our leaves do not wither. All he does will prosper. In Jeremiah 17, 8, it says, He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots by the stream. And he does not fear when heat comes, no matter if it's 99 degrees outside with a heat index of 110 or whatever craziness it might be. There's no fear of heat. There's no fear of drought. There's no fear of burnout. Because we know that our roots are planted and they're searching and they're, they're gathering from the waters of the river that flows from the throne of God. It's a river that's continually flowing from the throne of God by in our lives the Holy Spirit who is living within us as a continual well springing up. We don't utilize to the degree that we can tapping into the springs that we have within. Wow, that actually sounded like some sort of a poem. Somebody write that down real quick. The springs from within. A tree planted by the waterside. Our roots in search of that Holy Spirit water reaching out, quenching our thirst, not running through life. It's like a marathon runner that would just run, try to go run a marathon and at no point would, would, have, a, would have a water stop. Once you, once you start depleting yourself of water, boy, there's, there's hardly a feeling like it. I remember there was just one time in all the flying that I 
had done over 25 years up until two years ago. There was one time I remember sitting on the airplane, the doors closed, and for whatever reason, I always carry a water or, you know, and, or a drink or something, but the doors closed, and maybe they took my water with all the security measures, and I found myself with the doors closed, and that, that five minutes where the, the, the environmental controls sort of go neutral, and there's no airflow, and, and all of a sudden, I just found myself needing a sip of water. And I just remember the, the terrifying thought. Now I was right there on a plane, people all around, and I legitimately became scared and nervous for that few minutes while I was waiting for that somebody to come walking down the aisle that I could beg them to give me something to drink. And I just sat there and tried to compose myself. I mean, I just, I was on the plane for 10 minutes. And something just triggered and something just happened. Like, I need something to drink right now. It was kind of weird, right? It was a really, it was a weird, it was a weird moment. Planted by the riverside, planted by streams of water, so that our roots can tap into the water that we need. No planting, no staying planted, no root system. No root system, no ability for the roots to get to the water that we need. You see, we are a people who have to remain planted. I want you to say that with me. Say, remain planted. If you think that you can be the planting of the Lord and, and jump up and unplant yourself and replant yourself and unplant yourself and replant yourself well it's obvious in the natural what type of effect that would have on any tree or plants root system pull it up try to plant it again and and there's time there's there's some things that happen to that root system we can begin to ask ourselves a question well if a tree is known by its fruit then what about trees that fail to bear fruit? What are some of the causes of trees that fail to bear fruit? How do our root systems get stunted? I mean, first of all, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 43, it says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree, a bad tree, bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. So this is easy stuff. I mean, a, a, a good heart produces good fruit, fruit pertaining to our walk with Christ, a heart that's meaning good, meaning open to the things of God, planted in the things of God, learning of the things of Christ, so then we begin to bear fruit pertaining to our walk with Christ. We begin to bear fruit in the works of our hands and the ministries we've been entrusted with. We bear fruit 
that comes forth from a continual repentant life. I'm telling you, if, it, if a week goes by that I didn't have to say sorry to someone, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to finish that statement. Let me say it like this. Hardly a week ever goes by where I'm not having to say sorry to someone for something in order to make sure that my life and ministry remain fruitful. I'm talking every week. I mean, most of the time it's my wife. <laughs> right, dear? <laughs> Her, vice versa. The other, you know, good portion of the time is my children. But then many other times, it's, it's a variety of other people because I'm in touch with a lot of people. A fruitful life is a repentant life. A healthy root system is one that is continually able and willing to go low and to humble itself. A humble heart allows for a root system to dive deep into the soil in which it's planted. Saying sorry, it's, if I was to have a list of core values, I don't quite operate like that because it would be more of a book than a list. But to say I'm sorry, to be told I'm sorry, these are things that, that I feel like are important for me to have a continual fruitful life. Preaching, reading the Word of God, sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. These things act as pruners in our life. That's why some of you scratch your head and thank you for being here. I am so thankful that you come and, and just be part of this house. I know we, we preach long and we go long, but here's the thing. I just don't personally think that that 10, 15, 20 minute thing. It's just, it's just not enough time to keep pruning. It's not even enough time for, for the root system to make any sort of advancement into the soil. Because the sitting under preaching, sitting under worship, sitting in the anointing of the Lord, all of these things are, are nutrients. They are pruners in our life. You sit there and you're like, oop, he just cut that one off. Just, just trying to help bring more fruit in your life. Oh, there goes another twig. That thing wasn't bearing anything. Let's cut that. Let's get that thing going. Just snip, snip, snip. All of these things have a part to play in being a fruitful man and woman of God. Because he wants you bearing fruit that remains. Fruit that doesn't wither. Fruit that doesn't spoil on the vine. So that whether you're, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, 100, 110, 120. No matter how old you are, it's irrelevant. Because you can remain fruitful in your walk with Christ. Bearing fruit 
that remains in Mark chapter 11, 13, and 14, seeing in a distance, and I apologize, I've had two weeks for this message to mull around in my heart, and so we just got to go just a little bit further. We're getting there. We're almost there. Mark 11, 13, and 14 says, seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find if it had any fruit. When he had reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because because it was not the season for figs. And then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. In Luke chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Listen, I, with all earnestly of my heart, this isn't just a good idea to be fruit-bearing. It's a requirement of a planted life. It is a need. Your life has to, at some point, begin to bear the fruit of being the planting of the Lord whose roots are seeking out and stretching out and grabbing a hold of the streams of water that are flowing from the throne of God, accessible and available to each one of us. There's water enough for you. There's nutrients enough for you. Soil that is rich, full of everything you need to be a mighty and a victorious and a strong tree planted of the Lord. So let's end with these last few thoughts. Why do some roots gets stunted. Why, why does a tree not produce fruit? And we're going to go very practical here. There's stories that we can read in the, in the Word of God, like in Matthew chapter 13, which is our, our go-to, you know, seed sower story, where he told a parable, a sower went out to sow, and some seeds, seeds fell among the path, Birds devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, no excuse. They did not have much soil immediately sprang up. We've already talked about the, the cedars of Lebanon. They didn't have much depth. The sun rose and scorched them. And since they had no root, this is Matthew 13, 6, since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up choked them, and other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. All of us, the tree is not judged by the quantity of fruit. You're not going to be judged by the Lord or hopefully by anyone in the house of God by the quantity of fruit, whether or not you're looking like that that big, that apple tree that just has hundreds and hundreds of apples. Nor should you be so proud and, and borderlining arrogant if you 
as a tree have all these apples. Just look at all my apples. Just, just be quiet about your apples. We see them. We see your apples. Matter of fact, boom, we're even, we're even enjoying your apples. But don't talk to me about your apples. Good. We want you. We need you. We need your apples. But if you just got one little bitty, you know, tangerine just hanging there, just, just get some fruit coming forth. Roots that are severed due to transplanting, uprooting oneself. Roots that are severed during construction. I like this one. I blame this one on us pastors and leaders when we try to build beyond the root system of the leaders within the house. Got to be careful. You can only build as those whom you have been entrusted with have been built. Insufficient root space. No space to grow. No space to use your giftings. This can also be a pastor leader fault, not providing opportunity. This can just be in a place where there's just it's just it's not a lot of opportunity poor soil drainage I look at this and I say man this is no avenues of pouring out pouring out has to be part of your roots going down and your fruit coming forth without pouring out it's like what happened to the shrimp that got stuck in my ice chest from going fishing last Monday that I forgot to take out. No airflow. They shouldn't have been stuck in there. They should have been frozen, thrown out, given a better yet, eaten by some fish and put in my boat. But instead, started walking past the boat as an amateur, as you all know, I'm just confessed amateur boater, figuring it out every week. And I walk past my boat and I said, What's going on? I mean, I cleaned it. Great. What did I put? Oh, oh. Shrimp left behind. I'm like, yeah. Leave no shrimp behind. Got to be able to get out. Can't get all stuck and no air. And next thing you know, you just become a, a stench to, to everyone around. Soil compaction. I was told by friends, you got to, oh, you got to, you got to tend to that soil. You got to turn up that soil every, I mean, a couple times, you got to do it a couple times a year. Get your, you know, or you want to put some back grease in it. But when that soil becomes too hard, which in the house of God, that can be, there's no water of the Holy Ghost. It's dry. It can be that just you personally, your, your tilled ground in which was once a bountiful field has become fallow ground. And the thing, the only thing you need to remember about fallow ground is this, amongst others, but fallow ground was once 
principle there. When the word, when you see fallow ground in the word of God, it's talking about ground that once produced bountifully, but now has become hard, compact, and no longer productive. Compact soil so that our roots can't find their way, can't get to the water, can't spread out and get deep and gnarly. Not only do we want our tree to be gnarly, and put that gnarly tree up there as we close out right now. Not only do we want our tree to to be now, let's put that, I like that other one better. Yeah, leave that gnarly thing up there. Look at that gnarly. I mean, that's just a gnarly looking oak. I mean, not there's not a person in this room that wouldn't walk past that oak in real life and just go, wow, that's a tree. That's an awesome tree. That's what we want our lives to represent. Just leave that up there. The last one on this little list that I made up says the inability to take in nutrients from the soil. And I kind of relate this to at some point in your walk with Christ, you start off as an acorn, you come up as a tender shoot, you begin to grow, your root system starts to go sort of find its way at early stages. You have to be well taken care of, but at some point you have to become a person who can feed yourself. You got to be a person who can find the water. Even when people let you down. Even when the message missed it for you that week. You're able to leave with joy. You're able to leave with something. And if even not, you're able to go and get what you need. You're able to go and access and get what you need so that you, as the planting of the Lord, can grow down deep and can grow up gnarly, having fruit, not necessarily the quantity, but having fruit that remains, being a tree that produces for the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. Boy, it gets it gets quiet there at the at the end. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You know, I want to pray for some people here this morning. If, and if you got to go, we're going to begin to worship here in a minute. If you got to go, I totally understand. Um, but just if you have just a couple more minutes, I just want to pray with you right now. I just want to pray with you, and specifically, what I want to pray with you and with anybody in this room, I want you to be bold today and be courageous today. But if there's anyone in this house and you just, man, you just feel like your root system has been stunted for a while. I'm not not even saying that this is a, a salvation. Let me, let me be clear. This is not a salvation altar call, not this person. I do want to pray for people. If you're here today and you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. But this first one, I just want to give you an opportunity to put some action to this message of faith, being the planting of the Lord. And if you have a root system that you feel like has just been stunted for whatever reason, maybe some of the ones that I that I mentioned, maybe for other reasons, but I just want you by faith 
right now as a way of breaking up that fallow ground, as a way of stepping out and trusting the Lord. I want you right now, if you have a stunted root system, just come up here to this front section. I just want to pray with you as a group and as we worship together today. I want to believe that something supernatural, something supernatural will happen in your life today, that the fallow ground would be broken up, that your roots would once again begin to dive deep, that if there's if there's hurt, if there's offense, if there's anything that's that's stunting you today, that you can come and lay that at the altar. Come out, just come up here, just come right now, just step of faith, 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 step of faith. God will meet you. Jesus will meet you. Jesus will meet you. It has it has everything to do with you just acknowledging, you just acknowledging that I want my root system to break forth. I want fruit that remains to burst forth, to burst forth from my life in the name of Jesus. So just come, just come. And as you come, I just want humble hearts. Just by coming, you're humbling yourself. Just by coming, the soil is breaking up. Just by coming, your roots are making progress here in the house of the Lord. This is not just this is not just fun preaching. This is real. This is life. This is life. They were uprooted because they had no roots. You do not want to find yourself a believer that has no root system. In the days that we're in, in the days that we're headed to, we a deep, gnarly, strong root system in Jesus' name. Just go ahead and come. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to heaven. If those who are up here, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands to heaven. Now what I want you to do, listen to me. Just listen to me. Listen to me. Just one more moment. Whatever it is, I'm not going to pray a generic prayer. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it to each one of us. I'm just going to pray for you as a group. But listen, if it's repenting, repent. If it's just 